so uh, my wife's a mortgage broker. So uh, when I left, she was, you know, just really growing her business and it was really ramping up and I could see from her business what issues she was having. You know, I think one of the things that a lot of mortgage brokers deal with is just a ton of noise. Like there's a lot of incoming emails mm-hmm. and calls and you could really see that with her business. And then because of that, she really wasn't able to build like an overall idea of where my business stands. You know, can I have a look down to see how's everything going And you could see she was losing people along the way. You know, she wasn't able to keep people warm, you know, keep the leads warm, build these relationships that she had spent so time getting. And so we started to think about, you know, what can I help you with that brings in my skill set to, you know, help you grow your business and simplify. The most inspiring stories from today's most successful mortgage brokers. Join your host, Scott Peckford, on I Love Mortgage Brokering. Hey, Broker Nation. Scott Peckford here. Today on the show, of Josh Misk. Josh is the CEO and founder of Broker Edge. It's a uh, new simple CRM that's come to the market recently. And a couple of things we talk about is the importance of simplifying your process. A couple of things that they do that are kind of unique. One of them is this permission-based automation, which I think is kind of cool. And just the idea of doing less but better. I think it's a pretty great conversation. Check it out. Also on this episode, I talked to Ruben Dorsch from deeded.ca. And we talk about navigating key changes in Canadian real estate. So it'll be a great conversation. Before I jump into that, I want to give a shout out to our title sponsor, Finmo. Finmo is a Canadian mortgage application, document collection, submission platform. Actually connects to Broker Edge plus a whole bunch of other CRMs that are out there. And very easy for borrowers to use. It's intuitive. It's got some cool features like smart docs. So as you go to hit submit to the lender, it's pulling key data from your file. It's connected to lender spotlight. So you can see the rates and guidelines. It's very, very effective. Check it out at lendesk.com slash finmo. Hey, Josh, welcome to the show. Hey, Scott. Thanks for having me. So, hey, in 90 seconds or less, tell me about what problem that you solve. So our main product that we have is a CRM product for Canadian mortgage brokers. It's custom built specifically for Canadian mortgage brokers. Really what we try and do is create the simplest solution. We kind of set and forget, you know, you set it up initially, spend some time, the automation is built in there. It connects directly into the backend systems. So we're moving people along. Everything is streamlined to help people get started even faster. We have 25 or so email automations that we have, email client journeys that we've already built in. You don't have to reinvent the wheel. They're there already. You use them, turn them on, and you're good to go. And then I think, you know, one of the other things that we do that's unique to Brokerage is that we have the ability for people to approve or not before some of these emails go out. So we built that into it as well. Right. Yeah. What we're trying to do at the end of the day is simplify as much as possible the administration for people so they can focus on really what they do best. Yeah. Selling instead of focusing on like making sure my software works. And so, totally. all right. So totally. before we dive into a bit more about the details of how you solve this problem, tell me about what were you doing before you got into this? Like, how did you get here? Yeah. So my background's investment management. You know, a long time ago, I've traded bonds for an institutional money manager in Canada. I did some portfolio management for them as well. A buddy of mine left the firm that we were working with and started up a robo-advisor. If you've heard of those. And yep. so we are one of the first four. We all kind of started around the same time. We built this business to bring investment management to the masses in Canada and really focus on what was best, how to manage money the best for people. So I jumped on board with him and we did that for six years or so. 
and ended up selling it to a big insurance company here in Canada. They bought it, worked with them a bit as we merged kind of what we were doing from what we had built into their business model. And then once that was all said and done, I decided to get out of there, got a taste for the entrepreneurial type of thing, and really just wanted to see, you know, where I could go from next from there. Right. And so then how did you end up choosing mortgages? So you basically, you've got a background in finance, you built software and sold it, like, but that was more to do on the financial planning side. So what got you into the mortgage space in particular, solving this whole, you know, set and forget CRM thing that you guys have come up with? So uh, my wife's a mortgage broker. So uh, when I left, she was, you know, just really growing her business and it was really ramping up and I could see from her business what issues she was having. You know, I think one of the things that a lot of mortgage brokers deal with is just a ton of noise. Like there's a lot of incoming emails mm -hmm. and calls and you could really see that with her business. And then because of that, she really wasn't able to build like an overall idea of where my business stands. You know, can I have a look down to see how's everything going and you could see she was losing people along the way. You know, she wasn't able to keep people warm, you know, keep the leads warm, build these relationships that she had spent so time getting. And so we started to think about, you know, what can I help you with that brings in my skill set to, you know, help you grow your business and simplify. So it just started to build up that process. You know, from right. That what idea. I find is that a lot of times the best business ideas come from scratching your own itch. So it's like you solve your own problem, and then totally. you're like if other people have this problem, and I know you're so your significant other's M, and she's you know fairly well known in the mortgage space and is very good at systems and processes. And so it's interesting that she looked at stuff that was available and was like, hey, this is not quite you know it's like anything is not quite like a Goldilocks, you know, too complicated, yeah, yeah. Too yeah, simple, yeah, yeah. just right. And so then you guys work together on solving it for her business, basically. And she wants to not have to be a complex solution. So that's sort of how that hell happened. And so that's interesting. So then one of the things that I had heard about and I'd seen, which I thought was super cool that you guys do is this whole permission-based automation. So talk to me about that. Because like, you know, whenever I have somebody on that has a software tool, I'm always like, what do you guys do that's different? Because if it's not the same as everything else, like, you know, why would I use this versus someone else? So tell me about this full permission-based. Yeah, uh, yeah. Automation. You know, if you build out a process to trigger these emails as somebody moves through, then it can be great, you know, but it might not look like it makes sense. It might look like it comes from a CRM if you're just sending them blind. So this ability gives you the option to say, you know, for certain types of journeys, you know, as I've been introduced to a new lead and I've got them working through the process, I might have these conversations with them you know, here and there, we might touch point, you know, they might text me or had a quick call with them. I don't just want these emails to go out blindly, like day five, day 10, you know, so I want the ability to say, okay, here's the email that's going to be sent to this person. Do I actually want to send it? Yes or no? You know, and if it's like, no, you know, I don't want to send them an email to say, hey, go do an application because I haven't heard from you in a while because I did. I just heard from you yesterday and you said you're going to do it on the weekend. So it's, right, right. it's those types of scenarios where, you're not necessarily creating more noise, you're creating smart noise, you know, so the right. things that are focused. Or like I've seen, you know, you get off the phone with a client and you just talk to them and then an email's going out, checking in, how are things going? And it's like, you look like, a, yeah, totally. like to me, automations are fantastic, provided the customer doesn't feel like it's an automation. But if a message like yeah. that comes out, it goes, wow, it can come off like insensitive and like, so you want automation to feel like it's personalized and the ability for you to flip them off. So certain messages... They basically come, so if I understand correctly, if it's one of these messages that you're like, hey, I just hung up the phone, I've already had a conversation with the client, that message does not need to go out. 
if you don't hit the button, it's not going to go. Now, some you can yeah, just exactly. set. Some automations are going to go because, hey, we just, your yeah, file was birthday. submitted. Yeah, yeah, happy birthday. Like, you don't need the yeah, permission yeah. on that. But some other ones, you actually have a permission, like a gate. And so I think that's really unique. You know, in the portfolio management space, when you look at what's there, you've got so much data, so much information, so much that's coming at you all the time. You only want to look at what makes sense to look at. And so when you've got all this mass amount of data that are coming through, you just want to just filter out all the stuff that you don't need to see, just what you do. And this type of thing helps you kind of do that in this space too. Right. Yeah. And then the whole like uh, interface is simple. So like on this extreme end, I think of like Salesforce, which you can do some pretty crazy things with Salesforce, but oh, yeah. you're going to have to spend like, unless you have a large organization, you're going to have to spend a lot of money for that. And so yeah. you're sort of, your customer is not the person who wants a Salesforce integration. No, no, no. Listen, everybody in this space is a small business owner. You got a lot in your plate already. You have to do sales. You have to do fulfillment. You have to do, you know, accounting sometimes and everything else. And so you want to be able to take certain things off your plate and learning these complex systems. If you're a tinkerer and that's what you like to do, great. You know, you can do it. There's thousands of options out there to do that. If you want something to simplify and do that work for you, like for me, I don't want to learn the legal system or have to do all my accounting. Mm -hmm. I want to hire somebody to do that kind of stuff. And then that I can focus on what I like to do best, you know, and what really right. where my value add is. So now that's the idea behind it. If, if you don't want to really take on the burden of learning something and really customizing and tweaking, which I think is a lot of people that want to simplify their business, then, then mm -hmm. yeah, this is a good option for them. Right. And then what's the response been like with mortgage brokers so far? Great. I've got a lot of good feedback. We're still new into the game, but a lot of good feedback. You know, I, one of my first clients that I brought on, he called me two weeks later or so, and he said, you know, I've only had this on for two weeks and I've gotten two deals from this. I still had to do all the work to get the deal, but people said, oh, thanks for sending me the email. And thanks for checking right. in. Actually, yeah, uh, you know, I just bought a house a couple of days ago and let's get the ball rolling. So it's just those situations where it didn't take him much to set it up. He set up a couple of emails and now they're going and now you're in the back of people's minds, these people that you have in your database already. And so there's been a lot of positive feedback for, especially for people that didn't have those automated emails going out right. in the past. You know, I've been doing a lot of thinking about these process and customer journey, and there's really three stages that there's like lead management. So these are like, that's usually your biggest list. There's file management and then there's database management. And so Lead management is, hey, I got these you know, people that are interested. We haven't really connected yet, so I'm not sure where they are, but maybe like that's before. Then during is file <laughs> management. You guys are really big on like that part. I mean, a lead could end up in that CRM, but yep. often it's probably going to be more file management of managing the process from, okay, customer got your app. I'm going to submit. We got an approval, like all those, those stages. And then there's some database management component to it as well, which is after, which is like the birthday things. And you could do campaigns around maturity. Yeah, and anniversaries and all yeah. that. Yeah. So yeah. Um, no, exactly. Yeah. Okay. And then tell me about the different software are you guys plugged into? Because there's submission, which is a tool to get access to the lenders. Tell me about what platforms can actually talk to your guys' program. Yeah. So we directly connect to four of the big submission platforms. It's Finmo, Phylogix, Velocity, and Scarlet. So we automate the deal flow from those systems. So new person fulfills an application that automatically comes into our system. And then as changes happen in that deal, you add people or their details change or the deal moves through the process. All those updates come into us automatically. Right. So it talks so, to your system yeah. in order to keep track of 
And there's no, yeah. there's no using third-party things to set it up. We connect directly to them. We have a relationship with them directly. So you're not having to use Zapier or anything to like, we use, I use a ton of Zaps. Like one time I looked at it in a month, there was like, I don't even, it's ridiculous. Like 30,000 yeah. Zaps happened in a month. I don't even know what's going on. It's like, I feel like it's a whole country of, but the thing is when something breaks, that's the yeah. downside to Zaps is that if you have a lot of them and it's like, shoot, where is the break? Yeah. So you're saying it you means are like direct API integration. We're direct, so we're saving that whole aspect of it. You're not paying for it either, because then you, you do have to pay for Zapier. It's a fantastic product. And uh, you know that's revolutionized, I think, the way that different programs can communicate with each other. But really, we're trying to take that off people's plates. You don't have to worry about it. We're going to have that connection for you. We integrate with other service party providers with a couple of the ones in the industry as well, you know, Canadian Mortgage app and whatnot, a couple others, and then, you know, directly with the email providers. And so how does it connect like Canadian Mortgage app? Would that be like a lead comes in or how does that yeah, work? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So they just launched something, you know, where they have, you know, new leads that they can generate, get some information from those people. And then we push them directly into our app right. if, if you have that connection there. So that would make me think of like lead management, file management, and database management. So Canadian Mortgage App would be on a lead management tool, potentially, because yep. they're like, yep. hey, I'm interested. And then that ties right into your guys' tool of like the file management piece. Yep. Um, is the connectivity, does it just read from that other platform or it's not both ways, right? Like you can't yeah. be pushing data. Yeah, we just read. It keeps it more simple. You could do a lot more where you, you know, you're entering information on our system that's pushing out. You just, you take the complexity from a one to a 10, right. you know, that's where you're managing the deal anyway. We're not trying to play that game. You know, we're just trying to help right. people keep their relationships warm, have a, you know, more of a holistic view into their mortgage life a little bit, you know, from what we can kind of give them. But, you know, simple is what drives what we're trying to provide for people, but also how we're building this thing out, you know, as well. So if we have a process that, you know, is just, it's causing too much, you know, for people to manage, then I'd rather pare it back, simplify it just to keep what people are using as easy as possible. Right. You know, I, there's a quote from a guy that I follow, Alex Ramosi, which I love, and he's like, simple scales, fancy fails. And so that's really what you guys are about is to keep it the simple, a CRM that's simple that you can scale with because it does have automations and connectivity, but you're just not going to crack under the complexity, you know, way yeah, that's a, so That's a great quote, you know, and, and also I think some people think that simple is easy. It's not, you know, to, to make simple something is harder to do than complex. Like I remember listening to uh, Winston Churchill once said, today I wrote a long speech because I didn't have time to write a short one. Because you have to be more Jesus. succinct and it's way harder to be simple than it is to just keep throwing stuff on and being like, Okay, we got yeah. it all here. And now it's like, holy crap. It's like, it gets overwhelming, right? Yeah, yeah. The smartest person that you're going to meet in any one, you know, discipline, that's the person that can explain what they do to, you know, a five-year-old because they yeah. can break it down into something that you can digest so well. That takes a lot. You know, otherwise you get somebody long-winded like me that's going to babble on and, you know, tell you more than you need to know kind of thing about right. something. But you think is you have that analytical mind that can build the simple tool. You know, there's people who build the tools <laughs> and then there's people who promote tools and talk about yeah. it. So, uh, um, all right. So like, who's your ideal broker? So if you were to look at the type of brokers that have been, you know, adopting your software, tell me about them. Like, who's that? What do they look like? It's people that want to take work off their plate. You know, they're looking for something to help them, you know, make their business run well. They understand that they don't want to let people fall through the cracks. They want to keep those relationships warm and uh, they want to grow their business. But they understand that in order to do it, I've got to pair back, you know, a little bit and just focus on what I do, simplify this aspect. And we take that for them, you know, and we help them get there. 
right? I think it's fantastic. So then what is your pricing like? And I mean, this is date stamp. So like it may be different when you, if you listen to this a year from now, it might be, I'm not going to promise it, but what's the pricing look like? And then where can people <laughs> find you guys? So I think we're competitively priced, you know, versus what else is out there. We tend to be on the bit of the lower end. So we're 90 bucks a month Canadian. Um, everything's priced in Canadian, but we do discount for annual. We discount by 30% at the moment for that. So you can get a pretty good savings if you're willing to bite the bullet and commit. And you can find us at brokeredge.ca. It's B-R-O-K-E-R-E-D-G-E.ca or Instagram at brokeredge CRM. Right. Well, I think it's cool, man, what you guys are doing and, you know, congrats on your success so far and simplifying, you know, M's business has now turned into a business for you that with your skill set. So keep it up and yeah, I'm sure people will be reaching out and checking out and I guess they'll just do a demo. The best thing to do is with software, you always yeah. want to just get a tour. It's kind of like you need to just see the thing and see how it works and what the interface looks like and all that. So I think that's, a yeah, yeah. we've got demos. You can check them out on the website. You can see if you want, but uh, ultimately you know, you've got your own questions. You want to have those answered specifically, you know, to your business. So yeah, I, the demo is the best way to do it. And you can book that directly on the website with us. Right. That's awesome. Well, thanks, Josh, for chatting with me, man. Yeah. Thanks, Scott. Thanks for having me. Hey, thanks for listening to that conversation with Josh. You can go check out Broker Edge if you're interested in what they're doing. In this next segment, I talked to Ruben from Deeded about navigating changes in Canadian real estate. Hey, Ruben, welcome back to Ask the Experts. Hey, Scott. Thanks again for having me. So, hey, what topic are we going to jump into today? As we all know, there's been tons of changes coming down in the real estate and mortgage space. Lots of new government regulations, all sorts of stuff. Some of it is great. Some of it is uh, maybe a little bit of a mystical creature to understand. So wanted to see if we can get into some of those and uh, maybe help demystify some of these uh some of these things that are in the pipe or have come down for the community. Right. And I totally agree. There's been a lot of changes lately. What's the first one that you'd say like that people need to have some understanding around? So from our perspective, the big one this year was the foreign buyer ban. So just to give maybe a little bit of background for those listening that may not be familiar, Canada at a federal level essentially decided to ban foreigners buying Canadian real estate or Canadian properties and that legislation was effective Jan 1st of 2023. It did come with some initial exceptions in terms of who is exempt from this foreign buyer ban. But initially, it was a ban that was put in place for a period of two years. If you're a foreign buyer, and I think we get a lot of questions on that almost on a daily still, if you're a foreign buyer, essentially, you cannot buy a Canadian property unless you fit some of those exemptions. exemptions. Right. Um now, what we saw a week ago is we saw a little bit of a revision to some of those exemptions that have come in. One thing to keep in mind is this is still a work in progress. So this entire act that supports this uh, foreign buyer ban was essentially you know, rolled out in December 22nd and became live in January 1st, 2023. So it's still evolving and will continue to change. There's still a lot of confusion out there. But the latest exemptions that rolled out, for example, included any work permit holders. So that uh, that was previously unclear, I believe, in, mm -hmm. in the first iteration. You know, if you had a work permit, you had to show tax returns for three out of the four last previous years in order to buy. And as we know, with COVID, a lot of foreign workers essentially were not in the country. So it was almost impossible to fulfill that requirement. So a lot of folks got stuck in that situation, essentially where they're not able to buy. 
So that was the big change that now, as long as you have a work permit and you've got about 183 days, I believe, remaining on that work permit, you're now able to buy. If you're buying for the purpose of complete renovation, there's some exemptions around that. If you're buying land, there's now exemptions around that. So hopefully this opens up a lot more opportunity for folks that were previously locked out of the market because they're not a Canadian citizen or permanent resident. And one thing that's really interesting about that regulation as well is that it's got some pretty big implications for mortgage brokers, for lawyers, for realtors. So essentially anybody that is found to be involved or in aiding a foreign buyer purchase a Canadian property is now liable for an up to $10,000 fine. So that's one that really, you know, came across loud and clear. And that's where a lot of the questions come from. So, right. It's kind of weird. They put that in. Let's sort of like, yeah, I guess they're trying to determine who decides if it's a foreign buyer. Is it the borrower or sorry, is it the lender and the broker? Is it the lawyer? Like they basically want to pass the responsibility on to us to make sure that we're complying by these unclear guidelines. <laughs> right. You know, and that's where we've uh, we've taken some big steps to educate the industry, run some webinars and, and education. And really, at the end of the day, it has to be looked at on a case-by-case basis. I think we've even got, you know, questions to say, hey, I've got, you know, a U.S. citizen that wants to buy, you know, property in Victoria, Right. And a lot of people don't think about, you know, U.S. citizens as being essentially foreigners. So the quick answer is no, they're not able to buy unless they meet some of these exemptions. So it's important to take a look at it and ask the question and just get some clarity. As you uh, mentioned, Scott, due diligence really becomes a key part of a the- A big thing. Yeah, yeah. Okay. What's another one that you've seen? So foreign buyer ban, any other things that people need to be aware of? couple other things, which, you know, we probably won't have time to go in depth, but we've seen vacant home taxes. So Vancouver was the one that started a couple of years ago, where if you have a vacant property that essentially is sits vacant for more than six months and is not rented, now you're on the hook for additional property taxes. Some of them are pretty steep. Now Toronto introduced that and Ottawa has introduced it as well. So we're starting to see all major Canadian markets. If you've got someone who's got a vacant property, they're going to be on a hook not only for the taxes, but essentially any property owner within those cities now requires to fill out a declaration as well. So basically the municipality knows if your property is deemed vacant or not. A couple other things. Last week, April 1st, there is a uh, first-time homebuyer savings account program that was rolled out. Um, mm-hmm, I saw that, and that yeah. Yeah. And, and that's essentially, you know, it's so funny. We talk about, you know, the disincentives to buy, like the foreign buyer ban, this is an incentive for first-time buyers. So now they're able to save tax-free and have contributions of, I believe, up to $8,000 every year. And you can save up to $40,000. And of course, all that interest that you make off, you know, whether you're choosing investments or whether you're collecting interest is now tax-free. And it can only be used by first-time home buyers essentially to purchase their first home. So hopefully something like this really brings a lot more first-time buyers to the market and helps them save for that down payment. As we all know, that was uh, that was and remains a really big issue for most first-time buyers. Right. Interesting. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how much that gets used compared to the, uh, you know, the RSP one where you get the tax rebate. So any other things that you've noticed in terms of changes? Man, that's a lot of changes. Just you think about that, like, and all of us to try and make a more balanced market, I guess, but I don't know how much it's actually going to work. Like, 
you know, is foreign buyers really the thing that's driving the prices up? I don't think so. I think the stats are pretty low on the actual number of foreign buyers. But anyway, that's a whole other discussion. What, what any last sort of thoughts on this whole thing? Yeah, I know. I think that you made a great point, Scott. Like there's a lot of change. Personally, my opinion is this is just the beginning. There's a lot uh, happening on the fronts of, you know, fraud that's been happening. I know we'll, we'll talk about it in another show, but there's upcoming consultations now with FISRA around how to prevent mortgage fraud. If uh, anybody listening has seen, you know, some of the uh, latest CBC exposés around, you know, mortgage fraud or renovation fraud and things like that, I think some of the regulators are stepping up to the plate and will introduce new regulations. I think we also saw in the last couple of weeks was the deadline uh, for anybody dealing with private mortgages to get certified. So there's probably going to be a lot more of that coming down the pipe in terms of industry education, certification, upgrades of knowledge, and even tools that are going to affect the broker channel and the broker community in terms of how business is conducted. Right. Yeah. A lot of changes on that. So and then how's the best way do you think for brokers to stay updated on all this stuff? I mean, you have some solutions, I'm sure, but like as a, a you know, owner, creator, founder of Beaded, what would you suggest? Yeah. So ultimately, I mean, what we've, uh, what we've tried to do is uh, we've started running webinars and every time a change comes up, we've got a weekly newsletter that really sums it up, but ultimately it's awareness and education and really finding the right partnerships to help you navigate through some of these situations. So for example, again, first time home buyer, if you have a case-by-case -case question, you know, our team and our network of lawyers are always happy to jump on a call or, or chat to be able to help any broker navigate a situation, give them a, some good advice and, and answers there. But just generally staying abreast of some of these changes and also leveraging it maybe as an opportunity to also educate your referral sources. So I know, you know, there's a mm -hmm. lot of folks out there, they're getting their business from realtors, they're getting uh, their business from financial advisors. So the more we know, the more we can apply in general, and staying on top of some of these things. Again, it may be some initial confusion, but there's also a great silver lining to making our industry a lot better. Yeah, I agree. I think that there's still opportunity out there, you're just gonna have to get better, which means if you don't want to do that, then you're probably going to become extinct. And I'd get bored if we didn't have to keep getting better. I'd be like, this is it's not fun anymore. So if anybody's listening to this, I encourage you to go check out deeded.ca. It's Ruben's company. You guys have an amazing experience when it comes to real estate transactions. The communications is on point. You got the online a pizza tracker, if you will, of keeping track of where your transactions at. And of course, then now also the education component. You guys can get educated on all these things and be a hero to your clients and your referral partners. Thanks, man, for coming to chat with me. Thanks for having me, Scott. All right, thanks again for listening to this. And a couple of quick things. First, if you wanna go check out our free power search tool, go to ilovemortgagebrokering.com. You can set up account and keyword search all of our past episodes. And you can find literally anything on any topic you can imagine, hundreds of episodes. It's very effective. The only trick is make sure you're in full screen mode because it works better that way. Check that out. And thanks again for listening to the show. I will see you on the next episode. This is an I Love Mortgage Brokering production.